Okay, Booker Tov, everyone. It's coffee over there. It's good to see you. Chag Sameach. A very happy Yom at Yerushalayim. It's a uh, day of miracles. It's really the most, maybe one of the most appropriate days on the calendar to be studying about Amuna, because uh, the other days of the year, we sit and sometimes have doubt, uncertainty, and one can be confused about, is there a God, is there not? But Yom Yerushalayim really is, for our generation, the day of divine revelation, where Hashem really showed His providence, showed His hand. person doesn't have to be the greatest believer, the most spiritual person, and you all, you just have to read simple accounts of what happened on this day, and you can't help but be overwhelmed and blown away by the hand of the Almighty, clearly guiding and directing the events as they unfold, and see the love, the chiba, the affection of the Ribbonu Shalom to we as children and to we as people. So it's a, a very, very special day. It's a day for us to tap into that energy of Amuna, of having confidence in the presence and the hand of the Ribbonu Shalom, and to feel it not only collectively in the form of what He did for our people, but to feel it for our individual selves as well. Okay, our learning as always is Lili Nishmas Shendel Gittel Bas Chaim Shaul. And this week's class in particular was sponsored as well in memory of my grandmother, whose 25th yurt site is this week, Yenta Rachel Bas Shmuel, my uh, beloved Bubby, whose neshama should have an aliyah, for whom our oldest daughter Racheli is named, uh-huh. Yenta Rachel. We skipped the Yenta. Yeah. Somewhat... <laughs> so, sorry, Mom, if you're listening. But uh, we went right for the Rachel. So, but she was, my Bubby was a very, very special woman of great emunah. Her, her favorite Pasuk in all of Tehillim, in all of Tanakh, was Tamu Ru'u Kitov Hashem. When at the end of her life she suffered illnesses and she was in and out of the hospital, but she would always say, Tamu Ru'u Kitov Hashem. Taste and you will see that Hashem is good. When you're far away and you're judging it from a distance, you can say, where's God? Why God? How God? But Tamu, if you just taste it, if you get a taste of living with Amuna. Then then you see that Hashem is good. You got to get a taste. I once spoke about it, I wrote about it, I said it here, I don't remember. I think I said it here. About our trip to the Coke Museum, the Coke factory in Atlanta, and the history of Coca-Cola. My kids love the end of it, where you got to taste unlimited amount of <laughs> caffeine. But I enjoyed, the, uh, I enjoyed the, the tour. When Coke first began, it didn't come out as a soda, it came out as a syrup. Yeah. And it was sold in pharmacies. And you would take a little bit and you would dilute it with water and you would drink it. And they were not selling it first. So they decided they would give it away for free. They would give tastes. And for us, this is normal. You go to Costco, you go to a supermarket, you go. They are offering tastes of different foods with the hope that, oh, that was good. I'll buy, you know, in Costco's case, you know, case, I'll buy a, a case, a pallet of uh, a million of those. But, um, but Coke was really the first one to introduce that. They gave a taste because they were confident if you took a little taste... You'd fall in love, you'd become addicted, you'd want to drink it more and more. And that's Tamu Ru'ukitov Hashem. Taste. Taste the life of Amuna. Tap into Amuna in the hard moments of life. Learn to flex the Amuna muscle. Learn to live with Amuna. Tamu Ru'ukitov Hashem. And you'll see that Hashem is good. That was my Bubby's favorite Pasuk. And our learning is Le'iloi Nishmasa. We're on the bottom of page 5. The last paragraph, the bottom of the left-hand column. So if you remember, we last left off 
We're talking about Amuna not only being in the Ne'ilah moments, not only on your way out of Yom Kippur, when you've gone 25 hours without food or drink, when you could care less about what you look like, what you smell like, what your breath smells like, not only when you are a soul without a body, not only when you're spiritual on a high, if you're following online today, or you have family who's there who's making you feel bad by sending you countless videos and pictures, you see who's not on a spiritual high in Yerushalayim today. The whole world is descended on the Kotel and the old city, the concerts, the speeches, the events, the ceremonies, the songs. Unbelievable! Who's not on an incredible high? Who today in Yerushalayim, Ira Kodesh, doesn't feel the Yad Hashem? It's easy to feel Amuna when all is well, when you're spiritual, when you get the good news from the doctor, it was a false alarm. Who doesn't feel Amuna then? But what about when you're feeling low? What about when you're feeling depressed? What about when you're feeling distanced? What about when you're feeling bad about yourself? What about when you feel you failed the Almighty? You're far away from Him. How could He love you when you failed Him so badly? So that's what we spoke about last time. One can find Hashem from the depths as well. One sees Hashem from the dark places and the low moments. Why? Because if you view it as a king, if you view it as a president, if you fail your king, your ruler, your monarch, when you're in a bad place, he's not showing you love. You're on the outs. You have good reason to fear. You have good reason to feel rejected. But what about your mother or your father? Your parent loves you unconditionally. So even when you have failed your parent, even when you disappoint your parent, but you can never be totally rejected by a, by a normal, healthy parent. There are exceptions to that rule. There are unfortunately tragic circumstances of those who have been rewarded with parenthood who are not deserving of being parents. But I'm talking now in the normal course of parenting. The normal course of parenting, a parent loves a child unconditionally. And no matter how far the child has fallen, the parent desperately still wants to pick them up and be there. Kosh Baruch is our father. If you prefer, he's our mother. And we're never too distant, we're never too far. Even in a lowly state, even when we have fallen, it doesn't change the reality that we're God's child. We are a prince. We're the child of royalty. God, blessed are you, God of the Jewish people, our Father, Me'olam vi'ad olam. What does that mean? Blessed are you, God, our Father. Me'olam from the world, vi'ad olam to the world. What, what is that? Which worlds? What are we? To, which? To what two points? So maybe from this world to the next world, you carry us and accompany us through the whole life, through the whole world, from this world to the next world. But the Salam Rebbe is saying, Me'olam vi'ad olam means. That you're our God, mm-hmm. in whatever world we currently find ourselves. I'm in the world of being a spiritual high, post Neila, Yom Yerushalayim, or I'm the lowly world of feeling a failure, of feeling a reject, inadequate. No matter what world I'm in, God, you are there, and our relationship is the same, and you're waiting with open arms. I'm your child, you're my father, and you'll always be there. 
כך גם בעיס ועצי השאול, הנך אבינו. Whether we're sitting and learning, davening with great kavana, doing chesed on a high, you're there, God, I feel you. Or whether the opposite. When God said, When God first declared, You are my eldest son, You, the Jewish people, are my eldest child. What did God mean, What do you mean, You're my eldest child? There's a special quality special. of love towards the eldest yeah, child. We love all of our children equally. Let's go on record saying, we love all of our children, absolutely love all of our children equally. Our firstborn made us a parent. They gave us something that the other children contributed, added on to our parenting, but the first one transformed us into being parents. The oldest also naturally, often against their will or their preference, but the oldest is usually tasked with the responsibility of assisting the parents. Because they're the oldest. Help with bedtime, help with bath time, help with dinner. Can you watch the kids? We have another simcha. We have to go out to another event. The oldest, whether, whether they've agreed to or not, the bachor, the bachora, plays the role of assisting, of helping the parents. So God tasks and taps the Jewish people and says, B'ni bachori Yisrael. You're not just, I have a lot of children. All of humanity are my children, says God. I love them all. But you're my Bechor. What it means to be a Bechor is you're the role model. They'll learn from your example. You're to assist me in the mission of raising and inspiring the rest of the world. So when did God tap us with that status? When did God gave us, give us that sacred charge? When He gave us the yeah. It was before the giving of the Torah. Oh. He gave it to us when we were in the lowest state. When we were in the 49th level of Tumah, coming out of Egypt, when we were lowly, inadequate, undeserving, that's when he said, I have this special role for you. So, Why? Because God wanted to show us in perpetuity and forever. That no matter how low we would go, no matter how inadequate we would be, We would always be B'ni B'chori Yisrael. He's our father, we're his children, he loves us. He's waiting for us with open arms. We've never strayed too far. We've never gone in a way that we can't come back. We should never be too down to feel that God is not there. Sometimes one finds the Ribbona Shalom, Davka, in the lowly place. Sometimes you could be on such a high, you forget about the Ribbona Shalom. Sometimes Davka is when you're low. and you feel dejected and rejected, sometimes that's when specifically you could find him. It says, Pasuk in Eicha, says, All who pursued her, found her between the straits, we call the period of the three weeks, I know we're not even at Shavuos yet, but we call the period of the three weeks, which between the two tzaros of Shavuos or Batamas and Tishabah, but it's based on this Pasuk in Eicha, So we reinterpret, or another level of interpretation is to say, not all who chased her, meaning when they were in pursuit, our enemies were in pursuit of us, they caught us in this time, between the, in the three weeks, but kol rodfeha, whoever is chasing Hashem, hisigua beina mitzarim. Sometimes you could find Hashem in the lowly place. It's when you can't fall any further. It's when you hit rock bottom. 
It's when you're in the most difficult place. It's when you feel like the biggest failure that you have the greatest awakening of the relationship, the moments that you lost, the wasted time and opportunity, that's when the relationship... I've seen this in, in relationship counseling countless times. Often a relationship is on the rocks, a relationship is struggling, and despite many attempts at uh, intervention by the couple themselves, or those around them, or therapists, or the rabbi, it's hard to break out of it. They're not ready to make the changes in order to break through. And sometimes some crisis happens. Some real breach of trust, some crisis, the relationship looks like it either could end, or it's a moment of truth. And it's in that moment, it's in that lowly, lack of trust, violated, distant moment, that when the decision is there, that a reality sets in about one feels accountable for what they did to get there, and they're prepared to change it, that's where breakthrough can happen. Sometimes breakthrough happens not in the highest spot, but in the lowest spot. And that's what the Salaam Rebbe is emphasizing here to us today, is that one should never mistakenly think that Amuna is for when you're on a high. When all is well and good, when everything works out, when you feel Hashem in your life, when you're feeling spiritual, when you're on your best behavior, oh, that's when there's Amuna. Amuna moments and Amuna opportunities are also, or maybe especially, when you're on a low. To always know Hashem loves us no matter what. I'll tell you, I heard a beautiful insight by Tzir Schweinreb, quoted from a Sefer that I then got the Sefer. I forgot the name of the author of the Sefer. But he's talking about... Um, when we make mistakes, when we come up short, when we fail. So it's very easy to get caught up in thinking that you can never come back. You are a failure and, uh, and you are unworthy. So how do you go on and how do you repair? So he says the answer is at the end of Ashrei. So when is it When is it God we're praising you? Our life is dedicated to you. When we live a life of from now going forward. I'm not going to get stuck in the past. I'm not going to assume that just because I made a mistake yesterday or even earlier today, that just because I didn't pass the test, that therefore I'm unworthy, that therefore you don't love me, that therefore I dare not even try anymore. No, our attitude is me'ata v'ad olam. You draw a line in the card, you start again. It's a new day, it's a new opportunity. It's from here going forward. And that's also what we say in Davening, in Hashkivenu, in Mariv, Haser Satan Melfanenu, Umeacharenu. Remove the Satan from before me, that I understand. Temptation, desire, opportunity, seduction, take it all away from me, from before me. But what is Haser Satan Meacharenu? Remove the Satan from behind me. If it's behind me, how is he the Satan? What's he doing? So now you understand the Satan Meacharenu is the fact that when we make mistakes, we, we think they haunt us. We can't break out. We think that defines us. And therefore, we're incapable, we're unworthy. Why bother trying? We don't deserve goodness. Those are the satan that haunt us, me'acharenu, after the fact. We have to realize Hashem loves us. He calls us this title when we're in the lowest level. He's waiting for us with open arms. No matter how distant we feel, no matter what bottom we've hit, there's an opportunity to come close. Okay, we're up to Oz Gimel, page 6. One who trusts in God, surrounded by Chesed. 
What is the connection? You trust in God. You're surrounded by kindness. What does one thing have to do with the other? The idea is that you merit to remove judgment and to be worthy of kindness. So let me explain, says Islamimer. How could bitachon mean that you conclusively and firmly believe God will save you? I mean, maybe God doesn't think you deserve to be saved in that moment. Maybe that's not the best thing in the world for you. So isn't it actually a violation of bitachon to think that God will conform to what you want? So I need a Yeshua right now. A person needs medically, health-wise, financially, whatever air relationship-wise. So they have a chesed, ah, Hashem will bring me the Yeshua. Maybe it's not God's will. There are many opinions to this question. Says the Slanimer will explain it based on the opinions of our great rabbis. From the words of our rabbis, it appears. Bitachon means, I'm unworthy. Notice, who are you? You think God should intervene on your behalf to make a miracle? God should intervene on your behalf to bring some salvation? Who says you're worthy? Who are you? What kind of arrogance? So what the Salonim is saying is, if you exercise bitachon, that in itself is the Yeshua. In other words, trusting in God doesn't mean that everything will work out the way you want. But trusting in God means that you'll be able to endure no matter how things work out. Right. And that in itself is the Yeshua. Isn't that similar to the last, uh, the second last and the last Pasuk in benching? That I lived a long life and I never saw the children of a tzaddik Hungry. wanting. Right. Yeah, it's similar to the idea that God gives, that God gives us the strength. Yeah. So in other words, emuna and a life of emuna and bitachon don't mean, and it's a, it would be a terrible, terrible disservice if someone told you it did or if you thought it did, mean as long as you live with emuna and bitachon, everything's okay. Everyone will be healthy, you'll have money, you, everything will work out, you'll have children, you'll have nachas, you'll have shalom bias. All you need is emunah and bitachon, everything works out. That's, and it gets under my skin, those speakers who talk that way. Oh, why did Hashem give you these hardships? Because you don't have emunah and bitachon. And if you have emunah and bitachon, oh, everything will work out perfect. Shalom bias, nachas, parnasa, brius, everything is good. It's not true. It's just not true. Do we the not think? Did the Asara Haruge Malchus not have a moon and bitachon? Did the Gedolim who were killed in the Holocaust not have a moon and bitachon? Do we not know great people who suffer sure. challenges and shortcomings and mm-hmm. obstacles? So it's clearly not what it means. What it means is when we exercise and grow in a moon and bitachon, the Yeshua is 
that we have the ability to get through whatever it is that we're facing. That in itself is a salvation. You know, you hear people all the time, we're going through a hard time, and they say, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I just don't know. I just don't know where I'll find the strength. I just don't know how I'm going to get through this. Amun and Bitachon are the, the, the energy, they are the, the, the nourishment to be able to get through it. There was a, someone, a guest, who came to the city of the king and slept outside. The guards of the king found him. So they began to beat him. What are you beating me up for? I'm from the house of the king. They waited till the morning and they schlepped the guy to before the king. So the guy said to the king, King, do you recognize me? The king said, No. How are you familiar with my house? You don't know me. You don't recognize me. I'm not from your house. But I trusted in your kindness. I believe in you. When he shows that level of loyalty, that level of trust, so the king turns to his guards and says, Leave him be. So David HaMelech and Tilim says the same thing. God, I trust in you without embarrassment or shame. And because I trust in you, I've put my faith in you, I rely and depend on you, let that be enough for you to be there for me. We can express our trust in God even when we are unworthy. And only in the merit of having the bitachon will the Yeshua come. So the Islamimur here is saying that sometimes, Taka, even when you're unworthy, you can get a Yeshua. Ah, if God opens your file and sees your behavior, your conduct, your lifestyle over the last day, week, month, year, he'll say, one second, you're unworthy. Why should I? But if you say, because forget the last day or week or month or year, look at me right now. I'm putting my trust in you. I'm loyal to you. I'm devoted to you. I believe in you. I'm relying on you. That that act of bitachon will create the sense of worthiness enough to earn the Yeshua. In the merit of chesed, in the merit of chesed, a person can feel all, in the merit of bitachon, rather, a person can feel all types of chasadim. I just uh, had a text correspondence with somebody who went through a horrible illness in their family, one of their children, and Baruch Hashem, Bli Ayin Hara, I've turned the corner and please God, have a clean bill and should continue to have a clean bill of health. And the person texted me, you can't imagine the chesed that we saw from Hashem and from others through this ordeal, the things we've learned, the experiences, the bracha that we have as a result of all this. I don't wish it, I didn't want it, but this has been the greatest bracha our families ever had. You can go through an illness of your child 
And if you do it with a deep and profound sense of bitachon, chesed yisovavenu, you will see chesed all around you. Chesed all around you? Your kids hooked up to machines, having poison put in their body, suffering terribly. That's chesed. So if you don't have bitachon b'ashem, all you see are the machines, the pain, the cries. You can't get through it. Vabotech b'ashem. If you believe that everything is for a reason, there's a purpose, there's meaning and order to the universe, that nothing is random or chance, that though we don't understand it, there's some greater master plan. If you're capable of looking at life that way, which is not easy, but if you're able to dig deep and you have the support of others and you could look at life that way, Habotech Bashem, Chesed Yisova Venu, you'll find a Kodesh Baruch Hu, all kinds of little chasadim of things that worked out that didn't need to work out, that happened a way that didn't have to work out. You'll see the chesed of other people all around you. It's in the attitude that we bring. Whoever puts their trust in God, God is our cover. He protects us in this world and the next. When a person puts their trust in Hashem, they have nothing to fear about getting bad news. Whatever news you get, you'll be able to deal with it. Now why is it Why is it that you have nothing to fear from getting bad news? Because the bad news, you're invincible. You have some force field around you. You have bitachon, that bad news can't impact you. No. The bad news could be bad news. But the reason you have nothing to fear is because God's holding your hand as you go through it. Your child needs to get the shot at the doctor. You say, squeeze my hand. It's still going to hurt, but it hurts a lot less because I'm standing next to you and you're squeezing my hand, and therefore it hurts a lot less. Dr. Pelkovitz loves to quote the study that literally researchers can measure the pain people feel based on whether they're alone or they have companionship. And the more companionship they have and the companionship for the people who they believe love them, it literally eliminates the pain. They feel less pain. Right? That's why when you sit with your child, you know, if you leave the room and the nurse locks the door and the kid's alone with the doctor and they get a shot, the pain... By the way, it's, it's true as adults. You have somebody with you. You're not alone. You're able to endure more pain. So that's the attitude. Haboteach b'ashem chasi venu, And that... That if Hashem is with you, if one can always feel Hashem is with you, you're never alone, then even when you're physically alone, you're not alone. You can grab Hashem's hand. Hashem is with you at that moment. And therefore, lo yira. Lo yira doesn't mean it's not going to hurt, but it's going to hurt a whole lot less. Lo yira doesn't mean it necessarily all will be good, but it means whatever it will be, you'll be able to get through it. That the Pasuk says in Tehillim, first, betach Bashem, trust in God, and then do good. Shouldn't it say do good, earn the merits of doing good, and once you earn the merits of doing good, then you can afford to trust in God? Says the Ramban, no. It specifically says trust in God before you even have any merits to tell us that even if you don't earn merits, even if you're unworthy, you can still afford to trust in God. He's there for us. He's a parent. 
Right? So a child has been neglecting, ignoring the parent, disrespecting, disobeying the parent, disappointing the parent. And now they need the parent. They come to the parent. They say, look, I've made some mistakes, but I'm putting my trust in you. Mom, Dad, Abba, Ima, I need you. I need you now. I'm trusting in you. Please be there for me. Does the parent say, look, I'll tell you what. Spend a week. Let me see you be respectful. Let me see you be kind. Let me see you not disappoint me. And if you earn it, I'll be there. If the child is sincere and earnest in that moment, if they're authentic and they need you and they're putting their trust in you, then you as the parent say, I hope you'll turn your life around, but you can count on me. I'm here. So therefore, it's Patak Bashem Asay Tov, says the Ramban. Hashem says, I'm your father. You can count on me. I'm here for you. And then, Vasay Tov, afterwards, do the things that will bring that will bring the merit. So, no matter where we are in life, no matter how far we've we've strayed, we can feel we should know with confidence that Hashem is there, and that if we can continue to grow the amuna muscle and live with amuna, then we know, then we know that, um, then we know that whatever it is we have to face, Hashem will be able to walk us through it. So today on Yom Yerushalayim. On this day of great revelation, when Hashem revealed His hand in a way that we can continue to draw from the days and weeks to come, study the Six-Day War, hear the stories, see the miracles, and know that Hashem was in our lives on that day, and He's in our lives every day. And from those moments of revelation, that we can tap into them and draw the strength to have Amuna each and every day going forward. Have a great day, and a Chag Sameach.